Hello, everybody. I'm so happy to have you here. And today I have such an amazing guest. She's uh, one of my favorite people in the world. And I also one of my favorite people to discuss feminism with. <laughs> She's my friend uh, and my very, very dear sister, Sam. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you for having me back. I love coming on chatting with you. It's great. And I love our little side chats too. Right. We, we're always like, oh my God, I just heard this. What do you think about, about this situation? And we have such amazing, long, profound conversations about the world in general and the feminism, women and everything around, uh, everything related to empowerment and liberation. I'll tell you, actually, I like, oh my God. So I get, I mean, you know, because you get my voicemails, like I get so caught up in our conversation. It's like the world around me disappears. And I'm just like, ah. and yesterday when we were like sending messages back and forth, I was, we finally had like, um, so I, I live in New England, I'm in Rhode Island. And so for those of you who know, it's cold here. Um, but yesterday it was like in the 60s. So it was Bonnie. So I was out on the front porch and you and I were in the middle of uh, discussing everything you were discussing. And like, I just moved to my house. I'm sitting on my deck and I'm just like yelling into the phone about patriarchy and misogyny. And then I like realized all of my neighbors heard me. Like I'm brand new to the house (laughs) neighborhood and I'm just out here screaming about dicks. And I was like, well, now everyone knows where I'm at. (laughs) And I was like, I love that. I love that so much. That's amazing. <laughs> the, the good thing is that those that are of, sim- of a similar kind of view, they will approach you. And those that are not, they will just take a step back because they already saw so how passionate you are. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. That's so amazing. And today we wanted to discuss a topic that it's pretty important and serious for for women in general, and then specifically for women that work in anything sexual, Uh, either it's sexual education, sexual coaching, or uh, who are sex workers in the more traditional uh, interpretation of the word. And it's sexual harassment. So uh, I think that that is so important because the coaching industry has this tendency of trying to justify men and trying to understand them oh my god his intentions were kind you should just look beyond him why were you triggered by him like like we are so used to protecting men and to justifying men that we put ourselves down like carpets and we stop speaking about the very important issue that is our safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and the thing is too, and I like keep coming back to this myself, you can justify anything in the world. Like if you really, really, really want to get abstract, right? Like you can justify any in the world, you know, like, oh, well, it's because this happened to this person. Oh, it's because they come from this place. Oh, it's because da, 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 da. like, really, if you want to ignore something inappropriate, um, malicious, you know, dangerous, like if you want to not deal with that, you can find a way to justify it. And so like, and if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Right. And you can find a reason to why that's what you want to do but like what I say to myself and other people at the end of the day is what do you stand for anything can be justified what do you stand for all like you like what are your boundaries this is your life what what do you need because anything can be excused but you're not anything and you're not anyone so what what do you need and that's okay you know I'm like yeah that's that's my two cents on that and I love it. I think it's so important. I think that in the desire to see beyond uh, whatever reason people are having to do the stuff that they do and to be understanding and to be uh, a force of good healing, and we end up whitewashing something that is so harmful. And, in the, and 
no wonder that men can do, keep doing that in our industries uh, mm-hmm. because they feel that they are justified to do that. They do that everywhere in any industry, like a woman just for being a woman or a woman identifying knows what it's like to be harassed at some point. But then if a woman exists on the internet, you know that she knows what it's like to be harassed at some point in her life. But if a woman does anything related to sexuality, gosh, the harassment becomes a nightmare. A a nightmare specifically for, for, and that's a whole point that that I would love to take in another, um, during the conversation later on, which is specifically for women of color and women um, that that seem particularly vulnerable. There, There is a lot of sexual harassment there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, I believe that like, you know, living in rape culture, um, living in um, cultures where misogyny is still alive and well, um, you know, despite living in the Me Too era, misogyny is alive and well, you know, it's, we are still living in a place we have not shifted our paradigm yet. We are still living in a place where you put a woman and sexuality together in any context and it's seen as an invitation because women are still believed to be subservient to men. We're here to hold up men. We're here to serve men. We're here to, you know, just we're, we're here, we're here for them. Therefore, like, are our bodies being seen? Is sexuality involved? Like, oh, surely that's not for me. Like, that's, it's, of course that's for you. It's an invitation, right? And so it's like, uh, there's, just, there's just so much to work through with, with that. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Like, you know, that, that coaches, especially who deal with anything with sexuality would of course get that because it's like, oh, this is for me, you know? Like, I, I know you read it and I think this is like really good for anyone watching this or listening to read Kate Mann. Um, she's one of my absolute favorite contemporary philosophers. Um, the first book that we read was Down Girl. Yeah. Entitlement is her follow-up. Um, Down Girl is a little more like heavy. It's a little more academic and entitlement is good for, I think like anybody it's, it's a lot more accessible, but it really goes into like how deep and twisted and layered this entitlement goes. Yeah. Once you see it, you're like, you cannot see it. Ah, I love that book. Uh, I read it because you recommended it to me. Uh, and that really shifted so many things. I realized how deep entitlement goes that you don't even notice how you are actually part of the whole, you as a woman uh, are part of the whole situation. Um, and that takes me to the next question uh, or to the next issue is that what harassment is that is something that I have been coming back to you uh, and you could, could open my eyes in that aspect because I could just try to express it to fellow coaches mm-hmm. and some of them would justify men and go like oh, well this doesn't happen to me what are you doing to trigger this reaction what are you doing with your marketing hmm it's weird because this has never happened to me Uh, That was one reaction. And the other was just like, yeah, just ignore them. So they were normalizing this or or totally um, denying my reality. And then when I would come to you, you allowed me to notice that it was actually harassment. So I would like to, to use this space to speak about what we are describing as harassment. Because mm-hmm. I am sure that so many people are going like, yeah, well, this has never happened to me either. Or I am not a harasser. I, I am never, I am not the kind of man that does that. I am a good man. So let's just speak about it. Um, I personally would describe harassment or the harassment that I have received as, of course, dick pics or masturbation videos, but also about forcing my time to fit theirs. Like, 
keep in pushing and pushing and pushing until they get the answers and the and the kind of sexual conversation, sexual involvement that they are looking for. Uh, um, asking questions that are not real questions, but are just meant to to have a sexual conversation with me. I, is masturbation good? I mean, people that are actually wondering about if masturbation is good or not, don't ask you like that. Uh, uh, is it okay if my sperm is this thick or the other? You know, like they just keep going and keep going and you tell them, I am busy. Look, fella, I, I, I am working uh, and they keep pushing and pushing, but I have another question. I just need another question. Uh, they don't respect my no, my boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, Guys that book uh, my discovery call or free call in order to masturbate secretly, like they turn off their cameras and they are masturbating as they are having sexual conversations with an expert. Like, oh, tell me, is it okay if women masturbate? And then they start getting pushier and pushier. But tell me more, at what time are you masturbating? Uh, or guys that pretend to be good guys and, and are just like, oh my God, I would never do this to you. But please tell me more. Like, like um, I, I posted uh, recently uh, asking women to write a word or a gift that could describe their relationship with their pussy because that's what my business is about, getting women to know and love their bodies and particularly their vaginas uh, and their vulvas. And I got a guy that had been a good guy in quotations for a long time. And he wrote in that thread where women were writing very empowering messages about their connection to their bodies. Mm -hmm. And he replied with a gift that was something like, ooh, ooh. It was like, wow, that is invasive. That is gross. That is making all of this beautiful, empowering conversation about your penis about how delighted you are that women are speaking about their bodies so that is what i describe as harassment but i would love to know how what how would you describe it i mean if you have something to add yeah it, it varies like you know depending on the individual to some degree right like a lot of what you're describing um i personally would say is just a like objectively harassment right um but everyone has different boundaries so it's hard to say, I think anything that, you know, involves um, coercion and non-consent is harassment, period. Um, you know, and like what, what you're describing, right, is like these, these clients are uh, into humiliation, right? Like they want, they want to humiliate you because they know, and we talked about this yesterday, a lot of them know um, there are services where they could do this and that is welcome, right? There are online places, um, there are like, uh, uh, like webcam girls and like forums and all kinds of sex workers where they, they can do this. Like it is acceptable and it, it is, it is invited. That is an industry, you know, like these, these workers make money off of that and it's, and it's great and it's good and whatever but they're intentionally not going where it's welcome because they're focused on the domination and the humiliation aspect of it, right? So it's like this to me again, and I'm going to keep saying this word a million bajillion times, but it is misogyny. It is punishment to a woman for trying to have an empowered sexuality outside of, you know, outside of like, the, the, the male gaze, male focus, right? It is like, it is punishment for like, how dare you speak about this openly? How dare you speak about this in a way that doesn't center me? Like, how dare you be confident? Like, get back in your place. Your job is to be my slut. Your job is to be, you know, whatever, which being a slut is great if it's consensual. You know what I mean? Like, but it's like, it's right. The, the whole thing is, it's not consensual. And it's not, you know, I hear so often like these justifications, like, well, they're curious. That's why they're showing up. Like they're, they're they want to be close to this empowerment. No, they don't. No, they don't. No, because then they would, they would be more vulnerable, right? Like, it's just, they're just, it's a way to put women in their place for deviating from patriarchal ideas of what sexuality should be, how women are supposed to speak about sex. Um, 
And they're trying to see, can I get a rise out of you? Can I humiliate the empowered woman? Because nothing gives a massagist more more power and pleasure than humiliating an empowered woman. It's just like, I took you down a notch. Down a notch, um, you know. Like I, um, I know of a, I have a therapist who's very close to me. Not my therapist, but someone very close to me as a therapist, and um, she does not specialize in sexuality um, at all. She's, you know, um, I, I can't say at all, but that's not one of her specialties. She's, you know, a social, and she, um, she had one client who uh, she's, you know, she's in her early thirties. This client was a middle-aged white businessman. Um, and he started getting more and more graphic in their sessions about his sexuality and his sex life and things he wanted to do with his wife or what his wife wouldn't do with him and, and just getting increasingly more graphic. And then when he'd see that, um, you know, the, the therapist was uncomfortable, he would shame her or try to act like, you know, like just keep trying to push her boundaries and see, like, could I go further? Could I go further? And she told me about this. I was like, he's trying to humiliate you because you're a woman in power. That's what it is. He knows there's places he can go to get these services. He wants to knock you down. So it's like, so I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have compassion for, for that behavior. I absolutely do not. And I do not feel like we are going to fix this until we think that's inappropriate. If you would like to do this, we can do this. If you cannot do that, then we're done. Um, ignoring it or just being like, well, they have good intentions. I'm sorry. A lot of these people don't have good intentions and it is okay to acknowledge that because that's how good intention, that's how bad intentions stop and can evolve into something else. Yeah. But by giving it a pass, it's just saying this is okay. Exactly. And it works against us. Like it's not about how we can change their attitude because they are not going to change it most likely. It's about how it makes us feel unsafe to show up. Right. Well, and also, like, why do we have to hold it? Why, because of what our bodies look like, we have to hold this bad behavior that perpetuates the stereotype that because I'm a woman, I'm I'm nurturing, I'm your mom, I'm your caretaker. No, I'm going to put that shit back on you. You're a grown adult. You get to hold this. You get to hold that peace. You get to sit with why you do that. I don't need to hold that for you. Those are not my services. That's not what I offer. Like, you know, you came to my house. This is how we do things in my house. Like if you want to do things the way you do in your house, you can go home. Yeah, totally. I, I so many examples about that and I would I like to mention them because it's important that women that are going through something like that notice like oh my god that is wrong that is actually wrong and it's okay to say it's wrong and it's not normal that it happened to me because I think that the thing with patriarchal domination over women is that we normalize the abnormal and we actually believe that it's normal and, and natural and that it's on us and that if we change enough, then they are going to behave differently. Surprise, they are not. Uh, and uh, one, one example is precisely how one of these people that I mentioned earlier, I tried to charge him. I said, you're not going to get away with this as easy. You're going to pay me my full coaching session for taking my time and trying to to get away with it to masturbate and while I was actually thinking that I was doing a sales call and one of the things that he said was why could you charge me if you didn't even enjoy it (laughs) wow so the guy knew perfectly well that I was not enjoying it that I was not part of his little game and that's what he was getting off on and that's why he thought that charging would be would be uh, wrong while he thought that he was able to keep going. And he put it back on you. Like that's a key factor is why like you made this unpleasant. So why do I have to pay for it? Yeah, exactly. And an- another example that comes to mind is a very fa- famous YouTuber, Christina Kuzmik, who... <laughs> makes videos about motherhood and comedy. She's not about sexuality 
at all. She speaks mm -hmm. about motherhood and comedy and just being you know, positive. And then again, she received some messages that she, she decided to speak about and to reply uh, openly. Uh, mm -hmm. One of these messages was this guy saying, oh, I would like to, you know, a specific and very uh, raw description of what he wanted to do with her, right? Like, oh, I want you to blah, blah, blah. Uh, and she posted that and she said no you cannot do this mm -hmm. and women started replying to her in anger saying why are you shaming that you should be more than that you're going below by shaming him oh he was just trying to flirt with you oh <laughs> I think that's exactly what happened in the coaching industry Mm -hmm. That's the very same thing that happens in the coaching industry. When you mm -hmm. speak about a man tricking you, like, like how many times I have received a, a video of a man saying, am I masturbating right? And, and sending you the video of them masturbating. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And they go like, oh, but they are just trying to reconnect to the energy of their penis. And no, they're, no not. they're not. They're plenty connected. They, like, <laughs> yeah. they're, they're connected. They are online, plugged in, like high speed like they're good <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and this shaming on women that are actually responding uh, happens in all areas of life like women shouldn't be angry when our boundaries are over um, when they are crossed because that is on us that makes us look bad we should be so understanding of them and that is bullshit that is deeply disempowering well, and it's like, you know, as women, we police each other constantly because not only are we dealing with the, the conditions of patriarchal structures, but right, so we're dealing with the outside, but then we're wrestling with, you know, how am I complicit, you know, or how am I wanting to get off this ride, right? So it's just like, what's my role in all of this while also navigating that and so I think a few things happen right like I don't I don't know everyone's motive absolutely but the most common things that happen right when like a woman is like I have these boundaries this is not okay I'm calling this thing out right and women are like no you can't do that I think one of the main things that happens is certain women um, have received a lot of rewards for playing into um, being good for the patriarchy, right? When, when a woman minds her place, she is rewarded, right? So she doesn't want to lose her positioning within all the privileges she's received from patriarchy. So it's threatening, right? Like, don't tell on daddy, he's so good. You know, like he, he pays my bills and he buys me things and he, you know, gives me all the attention and whatever. Um, so that's one of the main things that happened. I think one of the other main things that happens is when a woman stands up for her boundaries and she's like, this is not okay. This thing happened to me. Like I'm saying no. Um, I think some women will feel instant shame because maybe they were in that situation and they didn't feel like they could say something and they to reason their bad feelings away or they just didn't feel safe you know whatever it is and so there's shame that comes up there's jealousy that comes up and rather than just saying that's really inspiring I was in that position I didn't know what to say and I felt really belittled or I felt less than I didn't feel like I had the strength instead they'll just be like shut it down yeah. like I don't want to feel like I'm not a strong woman because I couldn't say no so you can't say no either like you can't be a strong woman because I don't feel strong right and like that that's heartbreaking you know and I feel like when we're in these places where a woman has her boundaries and people shut it down this perpetuates this cycle of like women not feeling the strength to speak out because we're also not supporting each other behind the scenes like I'm I'm someone who sometimes I do speak out. Sometimes I do feel like, you know what, like we're good here. And then there are other times where I just go silent 
or I freeze, you know, and it's like, I don't speak up when, when I want to. And in those moments, I rely on my sisters and my friends to talk it out with and hold me up. And I rely on them to say, it's okay that you didn't say anything. Are you okay? What do you need? Like that sucks. Even if their boundaries are different, there's mm-hmm. for you, that was awful. I'm so sorry. Don't beat yourself up. It's not your fault. You know? So uh, that's just kind of what I see. And of course people have all their like personal motives and stuff. And like, that's, that's their thing. But those are the two main ones I see. It's either like personal shame or fear of losing their patriarchal rewards because they've played the game well. That's huge. That, that is something that happens so much. Um, that would also justify perfectly well why they are obsessed right now uh, in the in the woke industry about yeah. these men being dominant and women, you know, like all, all these paradigms that keep reproducing patriarchy. But I love something specifically that you're mentioning and it's how your friends support you. Like <laughs> how important it is to have this space, even if it's just to hold another woman and to say, you know what, that is wrong. Because I think that the heaviest part of this is carrying the shame of not being able to speak about it because you know that you will be criticized by other women because they will say oh just ignore it as as if it was that simple which sometimes it is but sometimes it's not because sometimes they hit a set of buttons where you're just like yeah I can't stand up for myself you know what I mean you never know and then the next day you can be like go fuck yourself it's like not consistent you know Uh, and sometimes they actually find a way to fool even the most uh the most uh protective woman like they they find ways around Mm -hmm. that's the thing that I have learned how to block guys instantly Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. recently these two guys that I am talking about found a way to just go through my defenses and to get a talk with me so that that's the thing that they find ways that they find these weak spots and that's okay instead of shaming women for for falling for this we should mm-hmm. be listening to them and holding them because that can be very triggering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be, it can be super upsetting. And like one of the things, um, oh man, my brain just exploded in a different direction, in a bunch of different directions. One of the things we were talking about yesterday actually is like, a woman setting her boundaries, right? Saying like, this is unacceptable to me. This made me upset. And then another person coming back and saying, what is it about this that triggers you, right? And trying to like sort all that out. And like my response to that is, what is it about my boundaries that are triggering to you? What is it about my boundaries that are so unsettling to you that you need to psychoanalyze me right now? Like why to say, okay, okay, cool. Okay, I'm so sorry, you know, like why, why? And like this kind of like leads me to my next point. I was thinking about this a lot and I don't remember if I messaged you or not if I was just thinking about it. Um, How so often, especially in, in, well, I think anywhere, maybe this comes up more in the coaching industry, I'm not sure, but um, places where we have this inclination to like talk people through a process. so often vulnerability is mistaken for uncertainty. I've like, I've noticed that if you don't just step up and not always, but often, if you don't just step up and say, here's my boundary, I'm not taking this like period. Right. Like if you're just like, I really don't feel good about how that happened. And I don't think I can do this anymore. Or like, I was so hurt by this thing and it's making me reevaluate my my this, that, the other thing, my business plan, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, People will mistake that moment of vulnerability for uncertainty. Like, oh, you didn't stand up and like rip your shirt open to expose like the S on your chest and be like, I'm not taking this. You're just like tapping into your emotions and going through a process and being like, I'm all set. This is what this made me feel. And people are like, hmm, let's talk about it. Like, I, why can't we have vulnerable expressions of boundaries? Why do they have to be like, you know, 
So I, so I see this often myself where people will be like, I'm hurt and I'm all set with this. And people will like, well, let's have a conversation. No, we don't have to have a conversation. I boundary, but I said it softly. Like, why is that not acceptable? So um, I don't know if that's something you notice also. Totally. And I think it is so interesting because, yeah, this idea that we have to set our boundaries from this place of fearlessness and being always mm-hmm. in our fire uh, cuts through the very important process of questioning. Uh, mm-hmm. questioning if my reaction uh, was coming from, I, I, I don't know, from a deeper space, but, but questioning from a place of just holding, not from ha- trying to fix something, but holding the things that come deeper, that come beyond, and that you start finding, and that can lead you to an even more powerful uh, boundary eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Like being like, I'm starting with this boundary here and I'm going to from, so anything beyond here is like, that's a no. And then I'm going to be in a process about the rest of this. Right. And like people think that being in process for all of this means, well, maybe you're not sure about pushing out all of this. No, 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 no. We're starting here. <laughs> like, okay, I'll get back to you about this, but that is absolutely no. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. And- you told me something beautiful that um, in our in one of our calls that was our capacity to get more information and to change our minds, and mm-hmm. I think that also applies to boundary setting because mm-hmm. things that we were okay with some time ago, it's fine mm-hmm. if we are not okay with right now. Yeah. Right, and I mean, like, right, something like I talk to my friends about often is like for me, when there's an isolated incident with something, I'm generally inclined to let it go. Um, you know, like I, I, I don't know if I'm a sucker or a patient person, or maybe like a combination of both, but if it's a one-off, I'll usually be like, that sucked, but I'll let it go. Cause I'm like, everyone has their day. Everyone has flaws, like whatever. Um, if I see that something becomes a pattern, then I'm like, this is unacceptable. And sometimes it gets confusing for the perpetrator, right? Because the perpetrator is like, well, you weren't mad the first time. Like it was okay the first time or the second time, you know? And I'm like, right, well, now it's happening constantly. So this is a different issue. I've, like you said, I've gathered more information. I have changed my mind, you know? Thank you. Yes. It's like, if you, it's like, it's like, okay, if you borrow my car and you accidentally like, you know, hit the sidewalk or you hit another parked car, I'm going to be like, fuck, but accidents happen. But if every time you borrow my car, you get into an accident, like you're done. Yeah. <laughs> And that's how I feel about like a lot of these boundaries, especially when it comes to sexuality, you know, like. Totally. I I can see that in in conversations, like they might start asking questions and they might think that I am being uh, accepting of their, of their insinuations because I let them pass. Like, oh, he called me beautiful. And I know that when a man calls me beautiful, it goes in in, in like in the specific, like in that specific term. Uh, right. that so let's see what happens exactly like yeah. yeah well maybe he was actually being kind well let's give it a chance oh my gosh he keeps pushing well maybe you know you start giving it a little bit more um entrance because you just want to see if that is actually a boundary or if it was a one a one thing or if i am overreacting and just like okay let's see and then when they just go full uh harassy <laughs> Uh, I, I assume that they even get confused because I blocked all of a sudden. But yeah. the reality is that I let the first parts pass because I was trying to gather more information. Oh, yeah, I- absolutely. Sorry, we have a special guest. But yeah, right? Like you, you're like, we all slip up, you know? Like me, my world and my vernacular is like one kind of way and like people are coming from different places. So it's important to be patient where we can, you know, um, not condemn everyone at like the first slip up. But then yes, once you gather more information, you're like, oh, this wasn't just an awkward mistake. This is your, you're trying to pull 
something with me or you don't see me or you don't respect me like you know and then something that you just mentioned and that it's so important is uh, that there are spaces where that attitude is welcome there are forums there are services that offer that <laughs> but yet again the thing is sexual workers also get harassed Absolutely. Because the idea is to go beyond their boundaries. The idea is to trick them. The idea is to get things for free, even when they know they have to pay them. The mm -hmm. idea is to humiliate the woman in there. So mm -hmm. the, the, I think that the only reason why they try um, to do that to women outside of those, of those specific spaces is that they are more... Um, They, we, we say in Spanish they have more experience so they can detect that easier uh, mm -hmm. or faster but they try to fool these women as well and that is really upsetting yeah and I think that's like I think that might be like why there's some difference between like when you and I talk versus when you speak to like some other coaches maybe is like I was a sex worker for over a decade you know so there's certain patterns that you just get used to, or you're just like, I know what that is. I know what you're doing, right? Like the person close to me, who's the therapist, when they were telling me about this client who was harassing them, I was like, oh yeah, that's like a fucking kink. Like, don't do that with this person, you know? Yeah. So people who aren't in that world all the time might not immediately understand what's going on. because there's just, it's just a lack of exposure. Right. Um, which makes sense. And hopefully most people won't have to learn that lesson, right? Like hopefully that'll happen once or twice or maybe not at all. And then you can be like, oh, some people are jerks, right? Like it's, it's, it's always my wish that people don't have to learn these things and harden with experience, um, you know, and everyone's different. And, and again, like we were saying before, if you are someone who's gotten hardened with experience, it doesn't mean that you're particularly weak or not smart or anything like this behavior is non-discriminatory. It might just be because you were available at 9 p.m. It might be because you're who they saw when they were like stumbling out of the bar drunk. You know what I mean? It's like, really, it doesn't matter what work you've done, you know, whatever. Like it's, it can literally happen to anyone and it cannot happen to anybody. Yeah. Also. Exactly, exactly. I think that is so important. There is no, no guilt and no shame in being um, in learning in having to learn in having the experience because it, it just means that yeah we we are learning <laughs> the hard way and yeah. that is also okay and mm -hmm. lastly how that happens so much more uh, I don't know if so much more but at least in the conversations I have had to women of color how women of color um sometimes come more with this wound of being shame for our sexuality. Um, I am right now um, supporting a person that has gone through that just because some pictures were, she's not even a coach, but some, some pictures were uh, leaked from her phone and that took to a whole downward spiral of shame no. and humiliation and abuse. And I really think that it's so important to, to mention how um, the limit of morality, because that's mm -hmm. the very first thing that people, that people use, right? Like, oh, if you were, if you were uh, more uh, modest, if you were more, if you kept your sexuality for yourself, if you, wh whatever bullshit they say, Uh, that, that line is so different from one place to another, from one culture to another and one state to another, even in one, in one same country, that in reality, we cannot put shame on any woman at any time for being attacked or harassed by a man, because it's not about our modesty. It's not about us embracing our sexuality or speaking about our sexuality or just showing up in social media. Yeah. it's not our fault and we shouldn't be dealing with that fault no 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 not at all it, it's yeah no it's it's really it, 
it has nothing to do with something you manifested, right? It's just like we we're putting, we're putting the blame in the wrong place. And it's, it's really gross. Um, Oh, and rather than analyzing, and this is so cliche, right? Like this is old news, but rather than analyzing, what did you do to make this happen? What did you do to attract this? What did you do to magnetize this kind of behavior? You know, it's like, why are we, why are we putting so much emphasis on this? What are we doing that like my existence in the world is an invitation for your bad behavior? you know like what are we doing that no is not an acceptable answer like it's why you know um so yeah shaming shaming each other is useless it doesn't resolve the problem all it is is an exercise of people flexing at one another how they would have survived this situation right like it's not like nothing nothing's healed by saying like oh well it's just like oh well I'm gonna process in front of you with unsolicited advice about um how I think I would have handled that because I need to know that I'm okay if that ever happened to me it's not it's not fixing the problem and thank you so much for using the word manifested because that is the very first thing that people say that disempowers others. What are you doing to manifest this? Oh, how did you manifest that? What are, what are you thinking? How, why, what's your mindset? Well, it's not about us. It's about a freaking system that it's used to keeping us down and pushing us down. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, I think there's a few words like when we're going through these processes of, of analysis, I think there's a few words that we need to take away in the initial phases of this analysis to see if our argument still holds up. I think we need to take away the word triggered. We need to take away the word manifest, you know? Um, We need to take away the concept of like intent. And that doesn't mean don't infuse those back into into the thought process, but I think we get so hung up on these buzzwords that we're not thinking deeply and critically enough because we're like, oh, I said the word triggered. Like I'm done. I said, said triggered. That's the argument, you know, (laughs) or manifest like that's, that's the argument I've arrived. Like, no, can you get through a constructive thought process without using buzzwords to truly understand what might be going on for you? Are there other words you can use to show to show yourself and others that you have like a full understanding of this rather than like relying on the crutch of, of words that are popular right now that might shift. Right. Like. And that people don't understand when they are talking about them, specifically the word trigger, that is something so important and that everybody's using so freely right now. It's so upsetting. When, when I think about trigger, I think about, the trauma response that it's out of control about, uh, you, you know, a whole emotional flashback that it's actually triggered by yeah. an action but, or, or a sense of unsafety. But that, that comes with a, with a responsible use, but most people mm-hmm. don't use it responsible. No. But most people just use it to shame people yeah. for just being triggered. <laughs> hmm hmm Right. You know, oh, you upset me. Oh, why are you triggered? Like, I'm not, I'm not triggered. Like you pissed me off. It's not, yeah, we don't have to have a conversation about trauma right now. Like you just, you, you, you know, you drank the rest of my wine. Like it didn't replace it. I'm not triggered. Like, you know. Exactly. Exactly. I I was angry. I wanted to set a boundary. I'm not triggered. I just want to set a boundary. (laughs) Yeah. We don't have to have like a a therapy session over this. Just like. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and I think also like misusing that term romanticizes and keeps us stuck in victimhood, frankly. And there's nothing wrong with being a victim. If you are a victim, that's okay, right? But if you are not a victim and you are using language and creating circumstances around you that keep you powerless, like why? Ask yourself why? Or are you using language to rob someone else 
of the way they're advocating for themselves, right? So if someone is like, I'm, up, I'm upset about this thing or like, hey, I have a boundary and you say you're triggered rather than seeing this person as just a human being who's like just having a boundary or just saying they're upset, you're saying, mm, you're a victim. Exactly. It's your it's victim like, mentality. <laughs> it's your victim mentality. And maybe that person isn't a victim and they don't see themselves as a victim at all. And it's kind of like this, like, it, it creates this dynamic of like, oh, you poor thing. Let me save you because you're fragile right now. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> shaming people because they, they go through something and then it's your victim mentality that made you go through mm-hmm. this. And it's has nothing to do with victim mentality it has to do with people learning how to set up their boundaries as we all do in our culture where we are not taught how to set boundaries specifically Mm -hmm. as women Mm -hmm. right absolutely absolutely um yeah like that's just forcing other people to be victims because we can't find the language or the emotions to properly deal with our responses is like that's another form of you know, non-consent. Um, and I, you know, more recommended reading. Uh, I was just reading um, a piece by Bell Hooks. It's Feminism, a Transformational Practice, I think is the title of the piece she wrote. But in this, she writes about um, one, of the, one of the main points of union that we share collectively is everyone has the ability to dominate and be dominated, right? And this is like something we need to keep in mind, um, especially in our conversations about like feminism and patriarchy and circles of sisters and everything is like, and what you're talking about with like women of color, you know, and like disproportionate amounts of harassment that that you receive. Um, we need to constantly keep in mind the our inclinations to dominate one another within our circles. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, and that comes down to not believing women of color when they say they've been harassed. Um, that comes down to non-consensually convincing someone else they're a victim when they're just trying to set a standard boundary. You know, like these are all the ways that like we think we're helping, but really like check in. Are you engaging? Are you playing out a social drama of dominance right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to to bring this conversation to a closure because we just could keep going for hours and I love that we're going yeah. to keep going after we end up the podcast yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have the time of course but uh, it's how after all it is just about keeping women in their place mm-hmm. how this uh, uh, for me that that thing that you said just uh, puts everything in, in the perfect uh, t- ties the dot puts everything in the perfect context it, mm-hmm. harassment is just about keeping women in their place keeping us afraid of showing up keeping us hidden keeping us under their control under the radar keeping mm-hmm. us quiet and mm-hmm. we play along as women when we shame other women for feeling uncomfortable or for their mm-hmm. own harassment, uh, mm-hmm. when, when we shame them for receiving harassment. So I think that it's so important. Um, the very first time that I was sexually harassed, I was eight years old. It was mm-hmm. nothing that I said, it was nothing that I did. It was just harassment for existing in the body of a woman. The yeah. very first time my daughter was harassed, it was in her own patio, like she was just playing with her friends. And, and there was a worker outside just, you know, sexualizing her, screaming and yelling things at her. And she's a kid. So it's yeah. not about us women doing manifesting, thinking it's about men um, trying to keep on the patriarchal model that serves them the most. And that reminds them that women are to serve, to be small and to be quiet and that our bodies and our uh, sexuality and our full life turns around them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, I'm so sorry to hear that that happened to you and your daughter. And I think that's an excellent point, right? Is like, as children, what are, are, are would we use the same argument? Are children manifesting this attention? No. Oh, so that's, a, you know, that's a super important point that you bring up. Like, this is like, 
this this weird logic we come up with like how far can you actually apply it until it's like deeply fucked up you know exactly exactly as as a sexuality coach of course i get more but i shouldn't because i am not working for them to do that like i shouldn't be saying of course i get more harassment because i am a sex coach dude Mm -hmm. i am doing nothing to deserve to be harassed because i speak about sexual uh empowerment and even if i took pictures in even more sensuality appealing clothes and and poses it still wouldn't mean that men would be allowed to harass us no absolutely not absolutely not i completely agree so yeah i mean that's that's like the work we collectively have to do is like get this idea that like you know, a woman's sexuality is automatically an invitation. Uh, without a conversation about sexuality, like shameless for a woman to shamelessly discuss sexuality is not an invitation, you know? Um, and it, and, you know, and if you're not sure, ask, I guess, um, if it's appropriate. And if they say no, then it's no. And that's the end. <laughs> you know? Like, you know, because sex, sex is, sex can be awkward, especially in like, you know, how many of us have been raised and, um, you know, cultures we've grown up in, like sex can be awkward and not everyone is smooth. Not everyone knows like, oh, was this weird? Was this creepy? I thought it was cool. I was flirting. You know, it gets weird. Um, So I guess if you're not sure, ask. And if the answer is no, then like the end. Exactly. And what you're talking about in your stories is, you know, it was the pushing after you said like this is not what we're here for and that's when it turns into harassment not not a misguided person looking for help that's that's harassment exactly exactly oh my gosh uh, i hope that uh sharing these stories uh will support other women to realize that it's wrong that they don't have to normalize it and that they they can ask for support from other women and even if it's just to rant that's useful even if it's just to say oh my god this happened to me oh it's wrong oh fuckers so whatever that's useful that helps you create a healthier view of your space and your purpose mm-hmm. and why uh, uh, you exist that it's not okay to normalize uh, others mm-hmm. visions of you mm-hmm. absolutely you're allowed to get angry it's healthy and, and don't own anger like take that back be angry, talk to your friends about it, talk to your sisters about it, talk to your peer industry. Like it's, we should be able to hold each other up in this way. Thank you so much with, with that amazing and very powerful reminder. I'm going to leave this conversation. Thank you so much for uh, joining me in this beautiful reminder and conversation about uh, claiming our bodies. And guys, see you soon. Okay, thank you. <laughs>